Hi and welcome to another episode of Ropod. We uh, are obviously uh, in the middle of quarantine. a uh, yeah, quarantine, an escalating health crisis. So um, it goes then without saying um, that we will discuss that. Um, it would be foolish not to and pretend that it is not there, even though, you know, <laughs> I saw a meme in which um, in which people in which the government says, uh, okay, when the government tells you to stay home, right, and uh, and you're, you're you're disgruntled by it, but the fact of the matter is, I don't think our life has changed all that much. <laughs> no, <it> hasn't. <laughs> no, usually we would go to training, come back in the afternoon. Now we just have a more chilled morning, go a run, yeah. and then come back and do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. So, we just uh, avoid our frequent uh, trips to the uh, to to our local yeah to cafe. the coffee shop yeah um but yeah I mean obviously the um this is a uh, serious issue of course and um, football um comes second third fourth whatnot mm-hmm. um, the most important thing is obviously the um, the people's health and uh, how we can best um, isolate and combat um, the coronavirus. Um, we did, however, want to discuss the implications of, 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 of you know, what it has to say of football. Um, football does have, it, whether you like it or not, football plays a, uh, a vital role in society. Um, there are hundreds of thousands of people employed amongst clubs who are affected. Um, so um, we just kind of want to give you an insight on that. We had a meeting yesterday with the owners and yes. all of staff at... Uh, at Hamilton, I don't know if you want to give us a little, uh, give us a little insight into that. Yeah, I think it's probably the same uh, kind of procedure and measures that all clubs are taking at the moment. Training is cancelled, so we're kind of self-isolating. Uh, the the coaches, the owners aren't quite sure when football will resume. So right now, we're, we've just got the responsibility of trying our best to keep fit, keep taking over. Um, yeah. And um, we were sent a, a program today, yes. so you got to get creative with it. We are refraining from the gym. Mm-hmm. I am following the Norwegian example, um, and uh, so I'm a bit ahead of the of the of the UK uh, yeah. spirit. Yeah. And uh, we've got one uh, one dumbbell in the apartment. Right, one dumbbell. A yoga mat. Exactly. So we'll do our best. And we're getting creative inside here. I think uh, Kieran and myself, we've yet to. Uh, to to uh, get at each other, uh-huh. but um, no, listen, it's uh, we're getting creative with it. We tried. We we need to stay in shape. We don't know when um, when things will return. I know there's been a date discussed for April the third for English clubs and stuff. But uh, the the truth is, um, we are ten weeks away from the peak outbreak. Is what it predicted. Yeah. Uh, so it's really hard to see if if we can return that early. So we're in a bit of a state of limbo yeah. right now in which you don't know quite what to feel. It feels weird because it's so unprecedented. Um, so, you know, that allows opportunities. I think from this, it gives an opportunity to, to do other stuff. I think it's, it's great the the sense of solidarity that's been espoused throughout. We've brought in a guest, um, a guest that, uh, I know pretty well, you could say. It's my dad. Uh, and uh, yes, he's my dad. But also, if you follow him on Twitter, um, you can see that he's been pretty engaged on the matter. He's pretty well informed. And so, with no 
stripped of any bias at all. Yeah, um, none at all. He, I think he would be a, a pretty fitting guest yeah. for for um, for our our episode, just to discuss the matters of, of yeah. football. No, I think he's almost a perfect guest for this. He's been involved uh, in football as a player, done a little bit of coaching. He's now in the media side. He's also got his own company back home that's involved in all sorts all sorts of things across the economy, politics, and so I think he'll be good at kind of connecting everything together, how this pandemic will affect kind of social issues, economic issues, and how that will relate to football. And I think he'll just give a, a great kind of overall and broadened perspective of it all. Absolutely. Um, so we'll just uh, get into uh, into the chat and um, hopefully um, hopefully you can get a greater perspective of it and um, and we'll come out of this, um, this impending crisis stronger together. So uh, without further ado, here's our um, chat with uh, Jan the Papa. man. Papa. <laughs> Jan or dad, <laughs> thanks, um, thanks for coming in on the call with, with me and Kieran. Um, are you... Uh, Tell us a bit about where you are right now. I am at home and I have, um, the last days I've been practicing, learning the word quarantine. Quarantine? Quarantine. 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 I haven't learned it yet. So so after spending, uh, we had a lawyer in Norway who, who came on, which came on Thursday. And I said that every Norwegian who had been abroad outside the Nordic countries after the 27th of February uh, had to go in the quarantine, 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 and 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 to be fair, I haven't been home since 27 of February, right. so I will probably be one year in the quarantine. quarantine. <laughs> we obviously want to discuss what was a big day in uh, in football yesterday. Um, it seemed to me that yesterday, Tuesday was the first time football had a stronghold on the situation in the sense that meetings were held, decisions were made, um, and now the an agenda has been been put out. Do you want to start? Like, what are your immediate thoughts on what had happened? Well, first of all, I think we have to see it in all perspective. In last Wednesday, I was in Paris and I saw PSG against Dortmund behind closed doors and football is for fans and we know that straight away we know that stadium to, to see what's happening and I, and I think that what we saw yesterday was that UEFA was doing the over kind of the, the, uh, the, the heaven of all discussions because they had to do uh, based on the 55 federations what they're going to do from now on. Uh, but we also have to put into our mind that UEFA sometimes just pretend that they make the decisions in football. Because we can say that this was an easy decision. Yes, it was easy to take the Euro for 2020 till 2021. But UEFA can only do that on behalf of their 55 federations. But if you see the Premier League and the Bundesliga... They are independent, so big, big companies. So sometimes, and, and I think now when we praise UEFA to do the right thing, I mean, that was the only choice they had. Because the main thing for our football mind, the main thing for business, and the main thing for people like yourself who are professionals, is that the show must go on. And, and the show is the league, and be, then secondly, the Cups. And then we can talk about the national teams. We can think that is bad or good, but that's the fact. 
Mm-hmm. It also, Kira and I discussed this amongst ourselves, is it's um, incredible to see the, the the sense of solidarity and mm-hmm. goodwill that mm-hmm. has gone into these meetings. We came across a um, video on, with Adrian Bevington, one of our previous guests. He was on Sky Sports News and they were um, they were noting how the meetings were swift. It took only eight minutes through video conference calls, mm-hmm. obviously, with the different with the European Club Association board, um, with the union representative of the FIFPRO. Everything very swift. Everything very good. We're one, you know, one big family in solidarity with this um, escalating health crisis. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see down the road when different interest groups come with them with. Yeah. You know, broadcasters, people, sponsors, people who have paid big money for the games to be played. What then will happen? Because they've stayed quiet now. But mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what will happen down the road. Yeah, but I, I think first of all, I, uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, and I think that it's important for for football to show that we are a part of the society, that we are, that we have the solidarity, we are role models for our communities. We have to close down big gatherings. But I hate the way you say family. When I hear we say uh, family about football leaders internationally or sport leaders international, I get really sick. And I, I'm, I'm, I, and I shouldn't be sick at the moment because this is also a matter of money. This is also a matter of we have to do the, the things when we have to do it, you know. And uh, yes, it's great. And I, but I, I will at this stage, I mean, a lot of praise to the UFO now. I will say that it's even even more family type of solidarity what the Premier League did on Friday because they closed down the league before the government told them to do so. Mm-hmm. And that is a bit different. And then we can discuss it because, you, you know, Marcus, when we, we've had discussions now for 25 years and you know I like to see both sides of any story, yeah. then we can ask ourselves, would, would Premier League be closed down if Akteta didn't get the corona? I'm not sure. No, exactly. But, but, but I think that still, we human beings, we are like this. I mean, things that happen far, further away from us, we don't care about it. If it's a system, we don't care about it. But if we get a face, a name to any disease, problem or challenge, then we act. And, and, I, and I guess that's just how us human beings are. Yeah, you don't think, you don't think it will happen to you until it does. And that's what the sense I got from, 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 the, from the Premier League as well. With Arteta and Callum Hudson Odoi, and then exactly. and then with the NBA responding swiftly when when one of their parents got it. Yeah, yeah. And so, how do you think it looks going forward? I think the consensus from the UEFA meeting yesterday was that the ambition is to try and get all domestic competitions, club competitions, finished by June thirtieth. Obviously, that it depends on how the virus develops and the decision making from governments. But see. When does it... It looks like the ambition is to finish the leagues instead of cancelling them, null and void. And so when does that decision get harder when it goes past June and the virus keeps developing? When can we no longer finish the, the, the seasons? I think that what we learned yesterday, and mind, mind you, the decision yesterday was easy somehow. Now the hard part starts. First of all, it's uh, because of the schedules. We have to do different schedules with, with different cups, with different leagues, uh, European cups, different leagues, system or schedules will be filled into each other. And then we, of course, have the 
financial consequences because there are a lot of financial, uh, well, all the costs that are going now just through the 12 cities are going to have the euro. What we learned yesterday, and what, what was the main thing yesterday, and, and, I, and I think that is what we learned big time yesterday, the leagues will be ended. The leagues, they will, if they do June or if they do July or even get you players in to play, finish the league, the three weeks before you start a new league, yeah. the leagues will be finished. There is, of course, no way that, first of all, we can void the season. I mean, that would have made us all terrified. Everybody who loves football or loves sport, you can't kind of void something that has happened. Talking, not only talking about Leeds United, West Bromwich Albion, who will come to the paradise of Premiership, maybe, or, or Liverpool, who have one of the best seasons ever. In, in England and, and Champions League places and so on and so on. And Sheffield United, my former club, who is now one game in hand. And if they win that one, they are past uh, uh, Manchester United and they will be fifth and maybe Manchester City out and so on and so on. So that could, be, could never happen. But Akira, you made a good point because what we did yesterday, the decision made yesterday, that does, we had, like you said, we had a players' organization, we had the federations there, we had a league organization, and so on and so on. But two of the main factors who will decide this, they weren't on the table because the, uh, the governments, they have to decide when they will allow big gatherings to, to, to get together. Because I was in Paris, boys. And there were 5,000 people outside the stadium. Mm -hmm. so, so the virus would be spread outside the stadium anyway. And what about the people inside the stadium? There were 500 people, including the delegates and, and, and the, the press like myself and security, to have, just to get the, the game going. What about their, their uh, infection, uh, the possibilities for that? So I think we haven't asked the governments when they will, uh, will, will do that. There are some positive things happening. Just small, small positive thing that that can happen, but still is all bad news. And we haven't we haven't asked uh, the virus. The virus, we have no idea how the virus react. This is not a terrorist attack. This is not a country that invade uh, another country. We don't know anything about this virus. Slowly, we're building up the knowledge, and that's why this could be could we start in May? Could we start in June? I think, boys, you don't, you shouldn't uh, book any holidays. I think that you have a, at least, at least you have to have flexible tickets. It's also one of those where it's not a one size fits all kind of solution either, because you have different leagues working on different schedules, who have different um, amount of games left. I was seeing a case of, of Manchester City who can go on to win the the domestic, um, not the domestic treble, they can win the uh, they can win the FA Cup, the League Cup, the Champions League. Mm -hmm. They're involved in all these tournaments. And it was an, an article on, on The Athletic saying that if they were to fit all the games, and that was including only a one-leg uh, Champions League quarterfinal and semifinal, to, if, in order to fit all those games in by June 30th, you'd have to start by April the 15th. And it seems ludicrously optimistic to start by that day. Mm -hmm. No, the Premier League has been delayed until April 3rd, which will not happen. Mm -hmm. And so, is there? Is it just a one big excuse language, just one big clusterfuck? Where you, how do you, how do you manage all these different interests? Because it seems to me that getting this all done by June thirtieth, the the peak outbreak for the UK is not expected for another ten weeks. Yeah. 
so how do you how do you how do you expect to to, to fit all this in? It's I think now uh, there has been a big discussion of the the games of the players. I mean the 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 the, the, the players get tired. There will be no holidays and so on. And I think that is a major factor. But I think that you and, and this article then based them, themselves now on normal kind of uh, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, and so on. Mm-hmm. We can't come into a, a position, but they also say, mind you, that 30th of June, they hope to have it finished. It could be 30th of July. That could ha- happen as well. They will use the dates they're having. Uh, I mean, when before you guys were even born, I played... 26th and 27th one Christmas and boxing mm-hmm. boxing day and just for that was just for a tradition so there are ways of doing this there are ways of kind of get the quarterfinals of the Champions League I'm not saying this is happening just off the top of my head you can say that instead of playing home and away you can say that uh, Manchester City uh, will meet um, uh, PSG uh, and they will have one game and that game is going to be in Wembley you know that is that is that is one one day off. Uh, I'm not saying this is happening. I'm just saying this is a possibility because we we base now all of our analysis and all of our strategy based on that we have the reference from what happened before. But you know, in a crisis, if someone used the metaphor a war. In war times, we change the rules. Yeah. So I think they have to change that all around. And I also see that. Uh, for for you guys with Scotland, Scotland playing Israel, Norway is playing Serbia in the National League semi-finals, uh, and the winner of those two games will meet should meet in Oslo. That may happen in, in in the beginning of June instead of the friendlies. I think there is a big chance that that week will be scrapped anyway because if the Euros are in in twenty twenty one, we can do it in autumn. That right. that that mm-hmm. we don't have to we don't have to rush that. That game can be done later. And uh, so, so I think that we have to, and I put two groups down now, UF. I think that's wise that from, from every of the big organizations, they are in different working groups. And I have to look at this now. And, 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 by the, and then you, you have to see it, what's happening around you. Because we, I, I saw the Germans, they, the Germans did more or less the same as the premiership. They said the other day that we'll, we delay a big decision to 30th of March. We try to get it going the, the 3rd of April. Nobody thinks that it will. But still, they try to do that. But even if they then decided that we'll do it behind closed doors, the government could say, no, we don't want to see that because we know then that a lot of people will meet up in pubs or in different uh, places, not, maybe illegal places, based on the rules we are doing now. And, and I'm a part of Norway now, and, and we are closing down more and more now more or less from every day. And I think you will see the same in UK if, if you mean maybe that UK is a week or two after, uh, for example, Norway. So, basing on everything you just said, if it's looking like the season's it's too ambitious to finish the season's in May or in June and it then extends into July, maybe August, until this current season is completed, is it then a possibility that the following season, maybe starting in September... To then, in, in order to fit that in, to maybe eliminate domestic cup competitions, shorten the Europa League, the Champions League, and will measures have to be taken to kind of shorten and squeeze that season so it fits in? I think that is a, a very valid point because 
uh, the season because the EU players you got to have a bit bit holiday. You have to have a couple of weeks at least off. I mean, you have to recharge your batteries and. Uh, and the players who play in the Champions League, they play in the domestic leagues and they play in for the national team. They need to have uh, a rest, even in, in crisis. And we can find ourselves that the leagues will, will start later. We, we know that Serie A and La Liga start anyway two weeks later, don't they? Uh, mm-hmm. Based on the UK uh, league. So that could be a possibility. We can find ourselves that we will play earlier uh, the, uh, the, the Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. Weeks we can have them earlier. Uh, it's a fun fun fact that the English, the Germans, they call when they play Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, they call it English Woche, the English week. <laughs> so in other countries, they don't know so much about it. There could maybe be a, a be a thing that maybe they will say in England just because of this year we have to scrap one of the uh, cups. So maybe the league cups will go. I'm not saying that will happen, but that could could be one of those things. So I think the fact now is that we don't know. What we do know is that UEFA yesterday did this easy dis- decision. and But mind you, easy decision because that, that was their only option. But you can't imagine for UEFA how the money they would earn doing this tournament. And, and it was some funny that they said they would go back to the federations to get that money for that. But how can they say that? Because UEFA are those federations. Right. So, so I think that in these times, and we see that in Norway as well, in these times, the solidarity, we have to find a way that the solidarity is more than a, in a nice word to say in a podcast or write in a column. Solidarity, we will see that now. because where is this? Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, uh, Celtic, Rangers, they will be okay. But what happens to the smaller clubs when they don't get the income? What will happen to them? Uh, will there be a solidarity? Uh, will there be solidarity money for big, big clubs? Right. Well, w- w- history tells us that that won't happen. But that is for me solidarity in practical terms. Right. Yeah. No. I saw the um, the FIFA followed suit and 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 dedicated a fair amount of million of pounds, hundreds of millions of pounds, to towards the coronavirus um, efforts. Um, but also, like you say. UEFA, I think, was estimated would make around two hundred and seventy-five million pounds. I think on the tournament, but that's that's one of the main financial implications, isn't it? That that money that they make from um, from the Euros is is handed out to the to the member associations, and that obviously has its effect not only on the clubs but also on grassroots efforts because UEFA is not only the money isn't only channeled to the to the clubs, but also down towards the academy efforts, etc. So, how long do you think is it? Is it in a new? Are we faced with a new normal now? For example, after nine eleven, there was a different kind of reality. People, how we approach things, right? With this pandemic, things are changing, as in how how we interact, how how we go by things. Do you think? How long do you think football might find back to its normal? pre-coronavirus in terms of will clubs be able to recover you know we know that this football industry employs hundreds of thousand people who are now being put on uh, many of them putting being put on unpaid leave how long do you think this might last and do you think how long will it take for for clubs and and people to recover well if you ask me first uh how long do i think the solidarity will last i would say one weekend in football yeah. because we are uh, but ju- that is just human nature and we kind of 
forget all the crisis and uh, people are eating and drinking and going back to normal life and in one one hand that is quite good and uh, one is quite bad i talk to a lot of i, I have a communication company in norway and i, and I talk a lot to, to people now who go from uh, uh, unbelievable turnover in their companies to zero i got friends that have restaurants who goes from big turnover to zero mm -hmm. and they have to 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 get 300 people on leave so i think that is a good perspective what are you saying that we forget that and i saw that german the the ceo of bundesliga christian seifert he said the same we forget somehow that football is not only the show and the games that you see on a saturday this is a this is a working place and it's unbelievable amount of of people working in the football industry and I think that we will see the same in sport as we will do in our society. I think that uh, the virus, the corona, that, that, that will last for a while. We, we also know from history that will last. We, we hope that, that too, not too many people will die and that we'll do everything in solidarity now to let our great-grandparents or grandparents who are in, in the biggest risk, that's the solidarity we're going to make. Uh, but I think that we will recover from that. Uh, but the thing is that the implications and the consequences, the financial consequences, could be enormous. And we see now in Norway, for example, they, they, they get uh, the football clubs here will have the players on leave note. Is that what you call it? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, oh, leave note. Okay. Yeah. And, and we will see that all over. And, and I think that is one of the reasons that they say somehow we, we must found this, uh, find a solution that the show must go on, but the show must go on for the hairdresser, the plumber, the electrician, and so on. So our, our challenge, it can't be isolated from the rest of the society. I think that the main thing now is for football to say that, uh, just note people that we shouldn't play because it's so important that Liverpool win the league, or it's so important that that uh, you are ahead of hearts in, in, in Scotland. I mean, that is not the main thing now. The main thing now and the main focus now must be to keep the, the, the football club stable. And I'm, I'm not talking about the, the biggest club because they will survive. But you have to keep the football club stable because they are employers. Right. Employers, yeah. yeah. They, 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 are, they are giving people work. And that is the main thing. And I, and I think that this is a great time for football to define that role in the society as well. Because sometimes we only read about Ronaldo earning more uh, in a day or a week or a month than someone will do all his career, more or less, uh, without, without bad math there. But it's important now that football and sport now use this situation, this crisis, to show A, the solidarity, but B, define their role in the society and also define their position as someone who is a working place for so many people. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And I don't think that people have come to grip just how much the kind of outside society and outside economy will affect football. I mean, if you look at airlines over the next couple of months are likely to go bankrupt. A lot of airline sponsor clubs, you've got the bookmaker, the, the uh, bookmakers, Nobody's going to be betting on football. They sponsor leagues. You've got the Sky and the TV networks that are maybe going to have to refund customers because they're providing no content. And there seems to just be like this, creating this sort of black hole where there's just this mm -hmm. sudden loss of money and how and how to fill that and keep, like you said, the clubs 
and the players and the contracts all moving along. It seems like people haven't quite comprehended just how big an impact this is going to have. No, I think you're 100% right. And I think that is the... That is, uh, uh, Mark, is your favorite, the circle of life when you were watching The Lion King yeah. every day in like, uh, till you were, till you were, till you no, were 17. No, no, yeah, and he still does that. He, uh, he still does that here. Exactly, exactly. But there is a, but there is a circle here as well. I mean, I got a small company. Uh, uh, the 20th of March, I expect three big amounts uh, or a big amounts for my company coming in the 20th. I, I got good, uh, good, uh, Relation to to the companies, I'm, I'm so I, I know I will get those money. But there are companies who the twentieth won't get their money. If I don't get my money, I can't pay pay my bills. Right. And if I can't buy my bills, and so on and so on, you know where I'm going. Yeah. And 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 as you described there, Akir, that is exactly what's going on. And and that's why I I also feel a bit optimistic about it all because. We human beings, you can say that this virus was not created by human beings and people could say, well, it was through this and that. But, but still, we have to find, it's human beings who need to find the solution even on this. And when, when this virus, as it is now, there is nowhere to hide. There is nothing to do with earn big money uh, or earning a lot of money or being poor. Everybody are affected by this virus. Then, then, and every country in the world, then I know, and that makes me optimistic, that the best brains in the world are thinking of solutions now. They are finding solutions. They are working on vaccines uh, all over. Uh, and it, it's, uh, I will give you another f- fun fact, because the, uh, the CEO and the owner of Hoffenheim in Germany, his name is Dietmar Hopp. And I don't know if you know the, uh, the, the, the back history, but I just take the short is that he is a symbol for the German fans because they love their 50 plus one rule that the fans and the members should own a football club. And Dietmar Hopp has been unbelievable lately. They have called him a son of a bitch. They've called him the worst man ever. He had death threats and so on and so on. He was at the center of the the Bayern Hoffenheim game that was called off just for... Exactly. It was called off and they were just walking around for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So then then the last two days, you, you saw that Donald Trump wanted to have the exclusivity of the vaccine, who is made then in Germany. And who, ladies and gentlemen, is the guy who owns the company who will do the vaccine? He owns 80% of that company, is Dietmar Hopp. And he, of course, the eight-year-old said, no, this vaccine is going to use for the whole world, and I'm going to show solidarity for the rest of the world. Okay, so I think you can call it 1-1. Life is very paradoxical in that sense. It's funny how what comes around goes around. Um, But it's interesting also how we've when there have been big crises it's always seen because of what football means to the community that sports has always been that arm around the shoulder you know after crisis people have come together but what is fascinating now and it seems unprecedented is the fact that sports is now in the middle of it there's no way for people to come together you know quite physically you know i can't come to norway for example and be with with family and 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 all that people are stuck in different places you can't because you are simply barred from seeing one another uh because of the pandemic it's just it seems just rather unprecedented what 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 times we find ourselves in and hopefully this will reveal reveal our strength of character rather than lack of it in terms of how football 
clubs um, help the communities because we see companies laying off workers and whatnot and then other people um, showing great sense of, 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 of altruism. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully yeah, we'll persist. I think that I think that I, I wake up every day and think that sport can change the world. I've always done that. I love my sport. I'm passionate about sport. I'm very uh, one of my main thing is that always sport should be a part of the society. And if you see greedy leaders who are against good governance, who are against gender equality, who don't protect our athletes, I hate that. And I will work on that for free the rest of my life mm -hmm. to get these fucking idiots out of their positions. <laughs> and that, 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 I will do that any, any, anyway. But there isn't also the possibility now for sport to be a part of the society, to play that role. I think that people now will see how important football, football is for a community. I mean, for Hamilton, it's a small community. It's a very important identity for that region. So it is in Blackburn and so it is in in Lillestrøm, where, where I used to play, or Rapid Vienna in, in Vienna, in that part of Vienna, and so on and so on. So I, I hope now that football will get together, that football now will define the place as the place to meet up. And, and for my business, and I, and, I, and I spoke to a guy this morning, and I, he said, oh, Jan, I got 100 phone calls now, and there are 98 who are negative. And I said, well, this is 101. I got an idea. This is what we're going to do now for women's sport in, in uh, football in Norway. We're going to do this, this, and this. And we'll put people together because now when this is over, we will, we will again love to be together. We will now use the, the different IT tools to do different, all kind of things. Right. We will have meetings. We will have trainings. We will have Fabregas going on the balcony and tell people to fuck off. It's fantastic. I, I love that kind of humor. But, uh, but when this all is over, the sport can again play an even bigger role because then people, I think, will love to, to be together again. And, and the, I think that the tools and, and the solutions we find now who are kind of exclusive for, 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 uh, for the, the so-called web uh, and the technology, the digitalization. But I think that th there will be a reaction now that people want to get together again. And again, then sport would play a fantastic role and i'm for for my in in my current time current time yeah. quarantine quarantine yeah I, 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 quarantine i am i'm working now that's what i do now to try to be ready when this is over show solidarity now and then be very positive when people come together again how we can use sport how we can use the different projects that we're doing that people again can you imagine now hugging people again now we, we see uh, we saw a film last night and we saw people uh, doing handshakes hugging each other we thought why are they doing that you can't you can't <laughs> yeah, do exactly. that anymore you can't well. do that anymore <laughs> and, and so this will this will we can use the metaphors of, of wars that is great but we can also uh, use the metaphors of uh, post wars when when we after the war wanted to be together again and and I, and I swear to you when when this is over we will see uh, uh, the sport will again play a big part and now but now we have the chance to to kind of get these uh, greedy fuckers away and show solidarities uh, and show solidarity for each other and I hope that there will be there will be a system there will be a project that take care of the smaller clubs because they are the big victims here uh, not only in football but in all kind of sport and then the last point I, I want to make before you uh, you will go back to your uh, to your uh, busy life. Yes. Busy life. Uh, I guess you're not training at the moment, so you will go back to busy life. But 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 the last thing is that 
that we have to, we have to stick together, but still we have to show this solidarity. And, and, I, and, I, and I feel, yes, I'm losing money like a lot of other people doing at the moment. But, but we all know that some way, somewhere down the road, first of all, it will be over. And secondly, I think that a lot of us will now more appreciate things that we have around us. And uh, the underline for that is also football, because now no, we, I, I'll, I'll see my, my youngest daughter, Sophia. She is home now doing all her homework at home. I swear to God, when this is over, she will love to go to school again. <laughs> and she will go to school. I think she will be the first one at school because it's, uh, maybe it's too boring to be home with me. But maybe that's, that's the reason. <laughs> no, I think those are, uh, that's a, that was a great way of looking at it. I haven't looked upon that, the, post, the post-war metaphor in, in sorts. So yeah. um, maybe there'll be another baby boom. Yeah, exactly. Your, no, you better not get it. No, I don't. You better not get another. Uh, I better not get another brother or something like that. <laughs> but the problem, the problem for Kieran is that it's not possible for him without disappointing his girlfriend who is in USA. So, yeah. so that would be hard for him. But, 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 but having said that, a bit, on a serious note, uh, yes, there could be a baby boom, but there's also a lot of people staying at home now with their family for a long period of time, and there will also be more family violence. And we just have to urge people now to use that this time, not to, to go down that road, try to be more, lo- love each other, try to be more together at this time, because now we have to stick together. And let's have a baby boom in nine months, that is okay, but let's not uh, kind of fill up all the crisis center around because of family violences. And, and I think th- th- those are the small things that we should be uh, aware of when we are discuss- discussing this in, a, in a, the big picture. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's, um, that's, a, that's a good way to go out and, and a good reminder <laughs> yes. as we go in this, uh, in this impending You've provided uh, a lot of optimism, which I didn't think was possible before this. <laughs> yeah. We need optimism. And did you know the people who are optimism? That is the, you remember that film La Bella Vita with this guy who was in the, in the in the concentration camp, what do you call that in in German? The the yeah. in English the, the camps yeah. during the Nazi yeah. the yeah. Nazi the Nazis and this Italian who walked around and was the most positive guy in the world. And we have to we have to now treasure the people who are still in this time, uh, being serious. Being uh, we should do we should we should cope with this in a serious way. Show solidarity, but also we need to have the optimism. Uh, for the future and we have to help each other and also we have to help each other when things are going back to normal because this will have financial implications and then we will we still have to have this solidarity and then we can maybe get something good out of this uh, bad and serious and unsure time as we are in now amen to that absolutely preach preach Uh, but thanks thanks dad appreciate really appreciate it I think uh, we'll give people a good perspective. I think it's important to, 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 to let people know what's going on, mm-hmm. not from only a football standpoint, but from a societal standpoint. So um, hopefully, uh, hopefully the message can be relayed. Yeah. Thank you, boys, and thanks for having me on. Thank you very Cheers. much, Jan. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to BroPod. Um, hopefully you now... Uh, are filled with the same sense of optimism and perspective as, as we are following that chat. So thanks to uh, thanks to my dad for that. Um, we'll try and um, try and uh, keep people in the loop through our Twitter and stuff like that on uh, matters that relate to the game and, and, and the pandemic and whatnot. 
relevant articles. Um, but above all, just, uh, just stay safe out there and um, we'll catch up soon.